Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Chasing Excellence. My name is Patrick Cummings. Every week here on the show, we dedicate some time to exploring how we can live a life of better health and increased fulfillment. And Ben and I thank you for joining us. Welcome to 2023. As we did the last time January came around, we're going to start the year by resharing the most popular episode from the last 12 months. This one came out at the end of May, and it was one of my favorite chats that we had in 2022, so I'm pumped that so many of you found it valuable and worth sharing. Speaking of which, sharing an episode is one of the most impactful ways you can help the show, so if this episode or any episode resonates with you, please consider sharing it with a friend, a family member, a stranger at the grocery store, whatever. We appreciate it. We appreciate you. Happy New Year, and here's to building a life of focus. Hello. And welcome back to another episode of Chasing Excellence. I said that really fast. How are you, Ben? I'm very good, Patrick. We're going to talk like this all the time. You're not a 2x speed. It's just going to sound like it. Imagine if you are a 2x speed and I just did that. You're freaking out. Um, welcome back to another episode. Uh, today, we're going to talk about um, something. I'm actually really excited to talk to you about this because I've um, uh, been thinking about it a lot myself, um, but focus and specifically how to build a life of focus or a life that uh, respects and emphasizes focus. I think it's something that uh, I've seen you, and I mean this in the best way possible, I've seen you struggle with it over the years, myself as well, is trying to figure out uh, how to incorporate, how to make space for focus. And I think one of the fun things that I want to kind of dive into is I think there's different levels or different layers of this idea of focus. Um, And so right before we were we were recording, I was thinking like, okay, there's two real big things here. There's big focus. There's like, where am I going? How am I going to get there? Where do I want to be in five years and 10 years? You know, stuff we've talked, we talk about a lot. And then there's uh, micro focus. There is today, this week, what am I focused on this month? What am I focused on? Maybe this quarter, if we're a team or even on an individual level, what are we focused on this quarter, this quarter? And so uh, I want to play with those two. But then right before we started recording, you said there's actually a, a macro, macro focus. Uh, and so I want to start there. Like, what uh-huh. to you are the levels or the layers of focus worth diving into? Yeah, I, I, think, that's, I think it's a really good way to frame it. In, and the other way to th- I would say to talk about it is, um, so what's what's the thing that keeps us from focusing? And it's the opposite of focus is distraction. Mm-hmm. So what is the thing that ultimately distracts us the most? On the micro level, it's the it's the the tax it's the yep pings and the buzzers and the tweets and the um the noises and all those things and those are external distractions Mm -hmm. but then there's internal distractions and those internal distractions if we don't get those things dialed in it's just another way of framing what you said yeah in those internal distractions if we don't get those in it doesn't matter what those other ones are because we're trying to, yeah. the do, we don't have all the dominoes you've up. Already, you've already lost the battle. Exactly. Or the war, or whatever. Yeah. The, the right. You've lost yeah. the war and you're still fighting a battle. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Got it. We, okay. I don't know if that's a saying, but we just, it is now. <laughs> I'm going to put it on a t-shirt. Yeah. Um, all, right. all right. So where do you want to begin? Do you, I mean, it's, it strikes me as one of those things that makes sense to go from big to little. I agree. Uh, and so I love that idea of internal distractions, but, but lay that out. What do you mean by that? What does that look like? So... The biggest thing that we are all up against is a thing that we feel like 
is inherent. We feel like it is just, we have no control over it. And it is the thing that pulls us away from what we are trying to do the most. And that is our emotions. Mm. We feel like we are a leaf blowing in the wind in terms of emotions. There is a trigger that's sent something off. And because of that trigger, emotions happen. Um, someone dies, we get sad. Someone says something mean to you, we get mad. Um, you have a lot on your plate, you get anxious. You uh, make a mistake, you have regrets. All of those things, it's like this equals this. That's not true. Mm. Those things that are happening, the only reason that you have that emotional response is because of your past conditioning. It, it feels so ingrained, it feels automatic, but it is not automatic. Case in it's not what we, ex it's not the reality of what happens. It's the way we interpret the reality of what happens. Mm -hmm. It is the story we tell ourselves about the trigger. So from a sequential kind of put this in practice in place, what happens is there is a trigger. When there is a trigger, you see a bee. Mm -hmm. When you see a bee, there is a thought. That thought is what creates the motion. Now, it happens so fast. Yeah. And it's Daniel Kahneman's thinking fast and slow. And whether it's the prefrontal cortex or the animal, lizard, amygdala brain, we can get into that stuff if we want to. But there's a thought. And that thought is what creates emotion. It happens so quickly that we think it's instantaneous. This happened, so now this emotion arises. Mm -hmm. By the way, just to play that out a little bit, the emotion leads to a physiological response. And that physiological response dictates our health and or our performance. So what we want to, this is kind of, I got this from um, Nate Zinzer mm, yep. that we had on the podcast. Yep. It's, it's such a beautiful mind. framework. Yep. What he left out was the trigger. Mm. And that that's- Are, are you, you, you're talking about the, the sewer cycle? Yes, versus exactly the, right. Versus the success yep. cycle. So, but here's how it goes. Mm. It's the interpretation, it's the thought about that bee. So you grew up on a farm and you grew up honeybeeing with your mom. And to you, bees are the most integral part of the world. The world goes as the honeybee goes, the flowers and everything. The bee is the center of the universe. You think they're most amazing. You're so curious, passionate. And because you do it with your mom, there's so much nostalgia and love. You, When you see a bee, the thought that comes in your head is wow mm -hmm. and excitement, mm -hmm. which... I should say, is I love this, which leads to the emotion, which is excitement, mm -hmm. joy, pa passion, whatever it is, right? I see a bee and I'm allergic to bees. If I get stung, I might die. This isn't true, but I might die. So when I see them, the thought I have is, is worry. It's, oh my gosh, danger. So I have fear, anxiety, stress, all of the bad things. It is not the trigger to emotion. It is the thoughts that we think about them that get them there. Okay, let's pull it all the way back now. Because of this, we can get control over our biggest internal distraction, which is emotions. Mm -hmm. When we're doing something, someone 
there's triggers all the time. It's three o'clock and you get hungry and that's hunger is a distraction and now you're off doing something else. There's something else, you hear something and that triggers you into this sewer cycle thought process. What we need to do to not be at the whim of our emotions is recognize that with enough practice, and the practice is one simple thing, it's just a level of recognizing that we are a product of our past conditioning, which by the way, if we don't recognize that, what that is called is living unconsciously. Mm. That is what it means to be unconscious, is you are just a slave to your past conditioning. This happens, so I'm this. Like by the like someone dies, we're sad. That's not, that has not been the case for all of, all of humanity. There are other civilizations that when someone dies, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. They're going to heaven. They're going to, and it's this great big celebration. It's awesome. It's, it's the way that we've framed things that allow us, to, that's how powerful it is. But you have a choice mm-hmm. over how you frame them. And if we don't want to be distracted by every single trigger, like we just have to start to harness that and become, oh, break the pattern of preconditioning, become aware that this is a reality. This is not the reality. This is the way that we are framing our reality. Mm. And then we stop getting distracted and then we get to truly live our lives, the big macro thing you were talking about, in line with our vision, our values, uh, in terms of fulfillment in the big picture, not the distraction of mom wants me to get a job on Wall Street, Mm -hmm. so I'm going to go do that. That is a huge huge distraction that is not what you want that's your past conditioning the thing that you go home every day and you think your wife is controlling that's not necessarily the case but that's a huge huge distraction we can get into how you structure your calendar we get into (laughs) the apps you use on your phone we get into all of that but unless you get the big thing first all those things are not going to help you whatsoever. You're trying to build a sandcastle in the middle of a, a, mm-hmm. a typhoon. Mm-hmm. Typhoon? Sure. Tidal wave? Both. So typhoon. I think they're both the same. Yeah. That. Yep. <laughs> that. Done. That's a, that's really interesting and not at all what I expected to talk about, but I'll, I'll be totally honest because like this is really, uh, this is well-timed for me because I, I'm just, I just have like, I've, I've made a lot of progress over the last 20 plus years, but like I've struggled with anxieties around certain things in my life for, for as long as I can remember. And it just happened again last week. And, uh, and what happens and, and it took me forever to realize basically what you just laid out. It took me forever to be able to piece these things together. And what always happens is that the thing, whatever, doesn't really matter what the thing is. Cause every, I think everybody's got their own little uh, things that cause them anxiety. And so the, the trigger would always lead to fatigue for me and fatigue would make me feel, uh, close to depressed is, is, is not a, not an, uh, the wrong word for that. It's actually the other way around. So there's a thought mm-hmm. which creates the emotion. Yep. The emotion is anxiety, yep. which leads to a physiological thing, which is fatigue. Yep. Yes. And the way, and again, immediate automatic. Like I can't stress that enough, how little space there is between the trigger and the the beginnings of that feeling. And for the longest time, I never recognized that there was related in any way. I just thought like, I don't even know what I thought. Like I just, and what to get out of it, what I would do is I would do my best to avoid the things that Mm -hmm. one avoid dealing with the thing that caused me anxiety, which was really an attempt to avoid it in the future. 
I don't want to deal with that thing again. So I'm going to avoid. So I built this like immediate feedback loop around these kinds of things that cause me this kind of anxiety. And <clears throat> it doesn't happen that often, but every once in a while it kicks and it kicked in this week, last week. I don't even know what day it is. But this time I actually recognized I'm not tired. Like I'm not underslept. I'm not like I, I work out. Like I'm, it's not tired. It's something else. Cool. And to finally realize, oh, frig, it was that. Because that's exactly when I started to feel it. And maybe it took me an hour or two hours to be like, what What happened? Like, what? And then I finally figured it out. And then what we've talked about before, we talked about it recently in an episode, the antidote to anxiety is, well, is action. It's going straight at it. And so I was just like, I'm just going to try that. <laughs> and guess what? It worked. Yeah. Right? Uh, almost immediately. Almost immediately when I faced the thing, Instead of avoiding it, instead of, uh, it's not a thing, I'll deal with it later. Instead of that, just saying, nope, I'm just going to live with this for a few minutes. I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to fix it because that's all it is. It's like something's wrong and now you have to fix it. Suddenly the fatigue lifted. Again, almost immediately. And um, it's just interesting. It's just... That's, it's that's just a, that's, that is the highest level of distraction, right? If you don't, because 100%, and it's get, with you all yes. the time. Yep. It's with you all the because time. if it's not happening, you it's in the back of your mind that it could happen at any moment. And it's always it's it's looming. Yep. It's going to happen. Exactly. It's yep. always there in the background, waiting to pull you out of whatever you want to call it your flow state, your focus, your 100%. do hard work, all of that stuff. The, mo the moment and that you're in. the the way to navigate. Everyone's like, well, how do you do it? How yep. do you do it? How do you do it? It is literally there is. Not another step after awareness. Mm -hmm. It's a difference between living in a woken and a spiritual life as opposed to the opposite, which is you are asleep and you are unconscious. Mm -hmm. You are nothing more than hardwired programming. It's like we could just like you're putting it in. Mm. If, if this happens, you're <laughs> going to do this. If this, then that. If this, yeah. then that. It's an algorithm. Yep. It's the if-then scenarios. Yep. And what you can do is you can go, no, yep. it's not if this, then that. I don't have to do that. But these things are so ingrained into us mm -hmm. that, but they're not serving us. Mm -hmm. And if we can get out of that, like, well, if I don't um, go to college, if I don't get the good job, how is that? My mom is going to be super disappointed in me and dot, 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 dot. Yep. If that's not what's you and your life, talk about living a distracted life. Yep. Forget about how to deal with emails. Should we do Tim <laughs> Allen's emails? Or right. Should we do the- David Allen. David Tim Allen. Allen's the Tim comedian. Allen's the, Tim Allen's the <laughs> Buzz Lightyear. Yes, yeah. that too. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But yeah, yeah you got to get yep. that one. Then right. we can go with the map. And it's so easy to, to um, cause I love, I mean, I'm happy to geek out about the micro uh, and the calendar. Cause I, I really could talk about it for hours, but like, it's so easy to just focus on that. It's so easy to forget that the thing that truly distracts us, the thing that truly pulls us out of focus is four levels deep, four levels up, whatever you want to call it, um, because it's so much harder to work with those. It's so much harder to recognize it to your point, to, to have enough awareness of it. It's the people that want to know what's better, asparagus or broccoli. Mm -hmm. Which one's better for me? No, I want to know like, okay, what about um, what are brown rice or white rice? Is there a big difference? Yet they're still having the sleeve of Oreo cookies at 11 o'clock every night. Yeah. It's like, I get it. Like we can geek out about all the little micro stuff, but until you get these things in place, like, and the Oreo cookies thing is like, it's a question of why, because mm -hmm. you know, they're bad for you. Why are you going there? Yep. 
And that's until you solve that one, it's not going to matter whether you're having, you know, you order sushi with brown rice. <laughs> right, right. Totally. Okay. So one of the things you said is, uh, I just want to, we've talked about it, I think a little bit in the past, um, but I want to kind of spend just two minutes on it, which is you said uh, the awareness is, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like, that's it. Like that's the beginning and the end of the solution. Yeah. So I was talking with my dad on the phone about this the other day. My dad's in Florida right now, but we have a conversation and I was kind of laying this out to him. He was really interested about it. And my dad historically is, um, he identified himself through this conversation. He's like, oh my, I talked to him about the hierarchy of mindset and he's like, I'm a pessimist. Mm -hmm. He's like, I didn't realize that. I thought it was something that really served me because he came up through sales and his philosophy was, if you look at all the things that could go wrong, you'll be a better salesman. Mm -hmm. If you, as a manager, if you look at all the things that you'll be more prepared. So he was, he had pride in being a pessimist. <clears throat> when I laid this kind of out to him, I was like, he's like, okay, so if I want to raise up beyond the pessimist, if I want to live my life more of as a realist, which is by the way, just recognizing that there is no good or bad, yep. but thinking makes it so. Thinking makes it so. Thinking is what's creating your reality. He's like, how do I do it? I was like, there, you don't. Mm. You just have awareness of this. He was so dissatisfied with mm. that. You just have awareness of it. If you don't have awareness, you're, you literally are walking through life, sleepwalking. You're unconscious. It's again, it's the if then scenarios programming. And then he, I called him a few days later and he was like, this he's like, that conversation changed me. Mm. I went to go see some friends I haven't seen because of the pandemic and stuff, but he's really close with them. Um, one is a rabid Republican. One is a stout Democrat. Like they, they there's this couple yep. and I don't know how they get along, but they do. Yeah. And my dad is very far right. Like he's very far, um, Republican. And when he goes there, it's like, that's what they do. Yeah. And when he went there, all of a sudden he heard, mm. he heard the conversations they were having and heard how it wasn't serving anything. They weren't moving any, it's awareness. Mm -hmm. They're popping up above and now seeing the actual reality of what's going on. It's not the thinking, it's not the thinking thing that's dictating what's going on. It's he's actually seeing above it. And he goes, there were so many moments that I had these zingers. <laughs> I was just like, and in times past, I would have pounced. Yeah. But I was like, why? Mm -hmm. Like, why? Why would I play that role of the pessimist, of the argument? Why would I get in this fight when it's not going to get me anywhere? Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's it. Now, just like you've done, it's like you've, you kind of like you're at a sandwich shop and you have your punch card and you have to get 10 punch cards before you get your free sandwich. Yeah. You've got one punch card. Yeah. Now, let's just create awareness on the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And that's literally how it happens. The same way someone doesn't become, that it breaks alcoholism. Until they go, whoa, they, they accept reality. Mm -hmm. they, it's that. I have a problem. Like that's, you can't, there is no next step until that one happens. The next steps happen after that. Yeah. They just happen. And they become more tactical. It'll, there is actually another step, but it's almost like not even worth really because it's the, the, the awareness step gets you to like mile 25.5 yeah. of the marathon. Yeah. You need to go another few hundred feet to get to the next one. It's all awareness. Mm -hmm. You have to stop being unconscious mm -hmm. and become conscious. This is why 
Life will give you exactly what you need for the evolution of your consciousness. Every single moment that's happening to you right now is happening on purpose so you can elevate your consciousness. It's the purpose of us as human beings is to evolve that, to get out of the matrix and actually get gain control of our lives. Now, if you do this at the best, I am so far from it. Mm -hmm. And actually, when you become a little bit more aware of this, what actually ends up happening to a lot of people, and we've talked about this, yeah. is you get a little bit depressed yeah. because you recognize how much work there is to do. And it's literally, it's kind of like you, the matrix. Welcome to the beginning. <laughs> yeah. It's like in the matrix, like all of a sudden, like ignorance was bliss. I like, I know the steak isn't real, but oh my gosh, it's so good. And now that you're in the matrix, like you, you sleep in slime or whatever it is. I can remember the movie, but <laughs> life is tougher. You wear gray shirts and you have, <laughs> you're plugged in the back of your head. Yes. But the idea is that, um, it's, it's popping up mm -hmm. and recognizing how much control you have over your life. You are not us. One is total freedom. Consciousness is total freedom. It's the freedom to make choices. You have a choice to respond to those triggers. The other one is total enslavement, where you have no choice. You're pre-programmed, you're preconditioned. It's funny that we started with focus on this, but that's what we have to do. If we want to be focused, we can't let triggers pull us away yeah. from what we're truly chasing, what we truly want in our lives. If we want to go and live in the woods, we want to go live in the mountains of um, Arizona. If we want to go, you know, follow Zach Brown band around the world, like, and that's truly what, don't be distracted by what other people are telling you to do. Mm -hmm. That's the highest level. Mm -hmm. Then we get into the more actionable stuff. Mm -hmm. How much of the distraction is, <clears throat> you know, you said it's emotions and I agree with you on that. How much would you wager it's the emotions around expectations of others or others' expectations of us versus uh, fear? Like where, like where are... I know it's, it's impossible to pinpoint because it's going to be different for everybody. It's different for me. It's different for you. But around what do those triggers, do those emotions tend to live? It's it's all based off your past conditioning. What I mean by that is the way. You, yeah. So your environment when you grew up. Yep. So you may be triggered by um, certain external things or certain internal things. Um, it's the reason that a lot of us became introverted versus extroverted. We found like the, we found certain um, <clears throat> responses benefited us when we did certain things. You, if you grew up in a um, uh, a household with a lot of pain and mm -hmm. suffering and trauma, that's what you identify with, yep. and you're it's going to be a very different experience than somebody who grew up in a very loving, supportive calm environments. So it's one of those things that you can't answer for somebody because we're all that, in that case, we are all you, those unique Special snowflakes. snowflakes yep. Yeah. Mm. Um, and your triggers could come from much different things. Again, the biggest thing is the awareness level. And usually what pops up is you don't even, the thought is hard to hold on to. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to become aware of that. The emotion a lot of times is hard to pinpoint, but where you found it is where most people can find it, which is the physiological where it shows up. Yeah. I feel like a tightness in my, I feel it in my gut. I can mm -hmm. feel it right at the top of my 
like uh, by my diaphragm, my top, like below my solar uh, plex, like yeah. right there. I that's where I feel when I get triggered. Yep. Heather feels it in her chest. Her mm-hmm. chest gets tight. Tori, one of our coaches, feels it in her temples. Mm. Other people, like their neck gets tight. Wherever, yeah. like you can feel it happening. Yep. Um, some people get sick to their stomach. Yep. Like, and that's when you feel there's more awareness to that, more and more awareness to that. And if you can bring, this is like. If there's a 101 guide on how to pop out and become more aware and take control of your life, it's this. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens is when it, again, you become more aware of, wow, there's a lot of things <laughs> yeah. that trigger. You create that, yeah. And whoa, um, allow that to happen a little bit. Allow to experience the journey a little bit. Before you get fit, you have to get sore. Mm-hmm. Before you get fit, you have to sweat. Before you get fit, you have to hurt a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I can absolutely speak to that. I think that, and I'd recognized it before, but for whatever reason this time, it really stuck. It really stuck with me. But that feeling of fatigue again, just for me, that's that's how it manifests in me. I recognized that for mm-hmm. a long time, and I used to think it was other things. I used to think it was any number of other things, right? Uh, I used to think it was depression. I used to think it was. Um, I used to think I was lazy, <laughs> which is crazy to me. I'm not lazy. But there are moments that I've acted as though I was because it was precipitated by something that created a feeling that created an action, and that action coincided with that's what a lazy person would do. That's what like, that's what I. What is is that the most common um, sewer cycle loop that you have? The me, one that leads up to the fatigue. Hundred percent. I I like the other things like chest, toe, blood. Yeah. Don't feel any of those things. It is. I could fall asleep right now if. Were you willing to share what the trigger is? Um, it is anything, the specifics, it really truly doesn't matter what the specifics are, but this, the, the trigger always comes from, um, the fear of embarrassing myself. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so if I have a moment where that felt like it happened or it feels like it might happen. Just you saying that I can feel it. I can feel this in my, I can feel it right now in my, right where I said it. Yep. Cause I hate that. And that's why we both were introverts yep. as kids. hundred percent. And I actually can, I can actually draw it all the way back to like moments in my life that created this thing. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's like I can pull myself out of it all, but that's what it is. It's like, there's a something and, um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't, I don't know that it needs to be any more specific than that, but there are moments when, uh, I feel like I'm being looked at and judged Yeah, that it re- like, it really gets me. Yeah. And it, it's gotten me for my entire life. Like every moment of my life where things were not good, I bet I could find the moments where like that was the that was a big part of it. Or you know what? So, it. so play this story out. Um, so something happens, the trigger, whatever it might be. Yep. It's the story you're telling yourself about that event mm-hmm. way more so than it is that event. So for me, my thing is it's similar. Um, it's when I feel like Heather is upset with me mm-hmm. when um, that's the thing that I get uh, will yeah. pull me right down yep. and it affects everything 100%. else. Um, if I don't feel like at best case scenario, we'd be like, she's just not proud of me. Right. But at worst is like, she's mad at me or angry at something or we're not getting along. Um, that's the thing that triggers me more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and What's interesting about that is it might not necessarily be what's going through her head 
at all, mm-hmm. right? But it's a story I'm telling myself, which is creating that sewer cycle. Yep. And that's the biggest level of distraction possible. Like I can't do good quality, deep flow work <laughs> yeah. if I'm in that. Totally. Like we can't. Yeah. It's the biggest distraction possible. Yep. 100%. Um, it's to me, it's the same thing, it, which is the same thing is like, uh, it's people are, ju- but it's me, it's, it used to be if anybody did that. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten past that one a little bit yeah. of like, if somebody says it on, you know, whatever, uh, whatever. Um, but it's when the people that are close to me, when I feel like the people that I care about, when I feel like they think less of me, mm-hmm. that's the one that gets me the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. So moving in a layer or up a level or whatever the, whatever the <laughs> right visual metaphor is here. So we've got this idea of, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but but emotional distractions. I'll call that like internal, internal. In, internal, like internal. Got yeah. it. Then becomes the next level, the next layer, which is at least a, as a beginning point to this conversation is I think similar to what we've talked about as the fulfillment framework yeah. in the sense of, I have these ideas, these, these, these dreams, these goals, these visions for where I'm trying to get to. And now I'm trying to build my life in such a way that I actually take steps closer to those every single day versus hoping I get there someday. I hope I do that thing. I hope I write that book. I hope I fall in love. I hope I whatever, right? Actually breaking that down, if that's the right way and saying, okay, how do I live a life that moves me towards fulfillment, towards satisfaction, towards my goals and my dreams? Um, what, where do you begin? And again, we've, we've done a conversation about that. We've, we've done an episode on that, but just in the context of this conversation, where does that fit in and how do you begin that? Yeah. I would say this is the next internal. Yep. Like the first one is like really deep, deep inside. Yeah. It's like, you got to tug at some really hard strings to figure that out. This one's the internal one. And as you said, it's, um, that fulfillment framework and the film framework. And we've done an episode on this. Um, once you structure it, I'll talk a little bit about yep. that. Um, then it becomes awareness, intention, and action. Yep. So that's the way it, uh, awareness of truly what do I want? Do I want to uh, create a life of calm and peace where I have coffee by the lake every morning? Or do I want to um, create a, a life of fame and notoriety and whatever? You have to have an awareness of what it is that you think will ultimately fulfill you. Yep. Then you become intentional and that's where the framework comes in and then you take action. So the framework then um, is a matter of laying out the steps. So if we think of focus, which is what we're trying to frame this whole thing around, focus, the opposite of focus is distraction. Well, what, flip it back. If it's not, if it's the opposite of distraction is actually not focus, it's Traction, mm-hmm. not distraction, it's traction. traction. Yep. So how do we gain traction? It's what you just said. You create the, the the actionable steps that we can take. And this is the intentionality. And you start at the big, massive framework of like the big, hairy, audacious goal, the life mission, what do you want? And then you break that down into what is the next things I want to accomplish. And we've done plenty of work on this. And that's how we piece this whole thing together. You take awareness, intention, and then massive action towards those things without being distracted. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, that's when the life of fulfillment, that's what chasing excellence comes to life. Mm-hmm. And if you do this, and I've talked about this, 
it's so cool what you can create. Yeah. It's, you know, I lived a, a pretty distracted life as a, as in the early parts of my, you know, young adult. And um, by fumbling and stumbling around and try to like, what we love to do is create frameworks to mm-hmm. things. It's like, well, how do you create the framework to your life? Um, I, I really feel like this is as good of a working playbook as you can come up with. Yeah. And it gives you the step-by-step process that you can just take massive action towards. Mm-hmm. When you say, so awareness, intention, action, where, um, bring in the conversation we just had about the internal, internal, and the internal, yeah. <laughs> probably need a better word for those. Um, we'll call it emotional as the first one. I think that's good yeah. enough. Where can you get that middle level right if you haven't gotten the core figured out? In other words, if I'd, if you I can, didn't understand these, you triggers, can still do it a really good job, yeah. but you're not going to make take, you're going to get distracted when you're taking action. Okay. That's the thing. Because you're going to be pulled yeah. in some direction because of emotion, because of exactly. fear, because of because whatever these exactly. triggers are. Fear mostly commonly is the one that's going to, um, it's, it, it'll manifest as different things, stress, anxiety, doubts, um, whatever it is, but really it comes down to fear, fear of judgment, fear of failure, fear, um, that's the one that's going to steer you off course. Cause you go, ah, like, ah, no, I should, I should still go get my MBA. Yep. No, I should, yep. uh, take the safe route. No, I, I should just avoid that hard conversation. Yeah. And if you, um, don't have the, the, the emotional one and the trigger one intact, you're, you're going to think you have no control over it. Yep. It's just gonna be the thing that like, and that's what we want to do is not be enslaved. We want the ultimate freedom to live the life on our terms. Yeah. The, the thing I think about that is in line with that. And I think just reinforces it is what I always think about when it comes to focus or, or even brand to a large degree or, or business or whatever, like whatever it is we're trying to do, we sort of have two brains in a way we have like planning brain who, who, isn't triggered by anything, who's calm, who's confident, who's excited, who's, who's able to look out six months or a year and say, yeah, let's, let's, that's where we're going. That's what we're doing. Let's figure out how we're going to get there. So we've got planning brain. Planning brain is amazing. And then we have acting brain, which is like, wakes up every day. And it's like, I'm hungry. I'm in a bad mood. I can't believe she just said that to me. Maybe I'll do that. That's shiny and fun. I'll go do the easy thing, right? Like, and so we're constantly trying to rely on planning brain and yet we wake up with action brain. And so to me, what we're trying to do is trust planning brain as much as possible, because that is, that is the brain that was calm, that wasn't triggered, that wasn't hungry, that slept plenty, that all of like the things we want to be all the time and acting brain is just all over the place sometimes. Yeah, what you're uh, that's such an awesome way of describing exactly what's going on in the brain. The crazy part is the acting brain is the one that controls you. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is there's the 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 planning brain, mm-hmm. the thinking brain, the logical brain. Yep. That's the prefrontal cortex, and it does exactly that. It does what it's supposed to do. It's calculated. It's thought. It thinks things through. It problem solves. It's totally logical and rational. Mm-hmm. Like it, it map. The other one is the lizard brain. It's the yeah. animal brain. It's the one that gets spooked. It's the, the one reactive. that get, it's the reactive brain. Yeah. Exactly. And as much as we like to think human beings are calculated, logical, and rational, 
We're not. Mm-hmm. We actually make decisions with the amygdala, mm-hmm. the other part of the brain that is the animal part of the brain, the one that's going to go like, nah, I, <laughs> I, I, I really... It's, it's the reason why we all plan, we all want to eat healthy, we all want to go to the gym, we all want a six-pack, but it's the reason most of us don't mm-hmm. because we don't listen to that one. The logical brain would go, yes, have a salad, mm-hmm. go to the gym, go for a run, get plenty of sleep, and it makes total sense. But when it comes to push a shove, it goes, yeah, but tonight let's order a pizza. We'll do the run thing tomorrow. (laughs) And tonight let's have a couple of drinks with our buddies. Mm -hmm. And let's watch that. Let's stay up all night to watch Monday Night Football. It's like, that's what we end up doing because we listen to that one. Good companies, you like this part, good companies know that. Mm. And they play on the emotional part of the brain. And that's what great brands do. Mm -hmm. Apple think different microsoft the um the the amount of features it has and the listen to car commercials Mm -hmm. the new ford f-150 with a tailgate that drops down and payload and Mm -hmm. v torque and all this they're playing off they're not doing it well then listen to like brands like apple and nike which target your emotions those are the ones that you gravitate towards and you'll buy anything from them because they're the ones that you you get to yep the emotional brain is the one that distracts us. Mm-hmm. So what we got to do is get control of that guy. That guy, when he's running the show, you're unconscious. Yeah. And what we need to do is become aware and conscious of that. So what, is, what does it look like in your life? And I'm happy to do the same, but what does it actually look like in, in practice for you to, to push away reactive brain? Because he's in there. Yep. <laughs> and emphasize focus on planning brain or whatever you want to call it okay, so here's the really unsexy answer is discipline mm-hmm. i mean that's what it takes it takes making some hard decisions and it means you know we talked about this a long time ago but it's successful people experience short-term pain for long-term gains unsuccessful people go towards short-term pleasures for long-term pain. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, I don't mean like stubbing your toe. I don't mean losing a loved one. What I mean is having the salad instead of the sleeve Oreo cookies. What I mean is going to bed and staying up for Monday night football all night. What it means is having the water instead of the alcoholic drinks. What it means is sitting down, buckling down and focusing on your work, which can get to the tax on that time blocking and all the rest instead of scrolling Instagram. It's like, it takes discipline. Now, there's some tools and tactics, which I know you love to talk about as well, that we can kind of use to help support us. But the, re- the real truth is, whenever you're putting those, th- those things take discipline. And the real hard truth is, it's just what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. And it's with us saying, you know, we're, discipline again is going to equal freedom. Mm-hmm. If we want the freedom to live our lives on our terms, we have to have the discipline to do some of the hard things in the short term. What do you do to remind yourself of the things you want to be disciplined around? Which, you know, I have a good sense of what those things are, but like, you know, I want to, you know, I want to focus on this. I want to focus on that. What, what do you do to make sure you stay conscious, conscious of those particular things so that you have that moment of awareness so that you can be, you can make that more disciplined decision. So this is where I think the power of rituals and routines come in which is if you can do things that benefit you unconsciously. 
Like everyone, most, I should say everyone, most people understand that brushing their teeth twice a day is really powerful. So what they've done is they've turned that into a ritual. So which means they don't have to think about it. It's just part of it. Now, brushing your teeth isn't fun. Some people might like the feeling afterwards, but you could be doing much cooler stuff than yeah. brushing your teeth. My two-year-old loves brushing his teeth. That's that is awesome. one of the most most fun things he does. That's amazing. So <laughs> that's so cool. But that's the deal is like you have to, you, yeah. if you can create a ritual around it. So that's what happens in the beginning. It takes discipline to create the ritual and the routine. If you do it systematically enough, it just becomes a part of what you do. So it's interesting. It's kind of like taking something unconscious, making it conscious, uh, so that you can make it then unconscious, unconscious again, again. Yes. but but in a direction with better that, direction that serves you. Yeah, right. Because other people unconsciously come home, crack a beer, turn on the TV, and you know start snacking yep. on the chips. And all of a sudden it's midnight. Exactly, yeah. and that's an unconscious act as well. And what yep. we have to do is exactly right. I love that. Is that circle is like. Yep. You're living unconscious, become conscious to create the right habits to then be able to do them unconsciously right. again. Yep. That's a really cool. That's interesting. Like habit loop. Mm -hmm. Okay. So talk to me a little bit about, and I don't want to do the whole episode again, the fulfillment framework, but like where and how does that become real to you? These ideas, these disciplines around these particular things, whether they're habits, whether they're values, whatever you want to call them. <clears throat> Where do they actually show up in your life? So create the 10,000 foot view of what is it that you want. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it doesn't have to be specific, but it has to be directional. Mm -hmm. um, example, like I said before, I would love to be able to, um, you know, wake up every morning with total peace and, you know, sipping a cup of coffee on the lakeside and watch the sunrise. And that's, you don't have to be that specific, but that's what you, you understand what is your, your, your creating. Then from there. It's just kind of like, what are some of the moving pieces that need to get you there? Yeah. Well, I need to, um, um, I'm trying to be super specific to that one, but let's say, let's say that's, that's, um, want to be able to have enough financial means to be able to do that, to mm -hmm. have financial security mm -hmm. to be able to do that. I want to be able to do that with, um, my wife and, um, have an incredible, relationship where we can share that moment every day. And if I don't have that, I'm doing it by myself. And that's definitely not what I want. And I'd love for uh, my kids to um, want to be with me all the time and visit us all the time. So now you create these things like, okay, so I need to really pay attention to my wife. Got to create my kids. Got to do this thing for my career. Mm -hmm. I got to, so now you got these kind of like pillars of which we need to build that thing upon. And then from each of those, what's kind of the the long-term objective for each of those, the three to five year thing. Well, uh, for a career, I need to um, be financially independent, right? I need to not be able to work. Um, for my wife, um, I, we need to be um, um, massively and passionately in love with each other. For my kids, they need to be in a good place, dot, 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 dot. Okay, now what are the moving pieces we need to get to there in the next year? And now it gets really tactical and actionable. So you break that year into quarters. Now you have 90 day, three month periods and you go, okay, in this quarter, what's the one, two or three things I want for, to make sure I'm tracking towards that one year goal. Cool. Let's time block every week areas to make sure that I have the ritual routine set up that I can actually work on those things. Yeah. So one of the things that I found that I was missing a lot was um, the busy lifestyle 
um, that I, if I wasn't intentional was my own personal finances would get pushed to the side. Yeah. And then every nine to 15 months, I'd have a crisis, <laughs> right? Yep. Which is like, yep. um, I don't have car insurance. Mm-hmm. What the hell? Like, how did I, how do I not have car insurance? Cause yep. I would, I'm just so, it's so, it's yeah. not a place that I like to put my yeah. time and attention. Totally. Yep. And that's a true story. Actually, last summer I, I found out I didn't have car insurance, like talk about not chasing excellence, Yeah. but so what I found was that's a whole. So now every week, twice a week, I have an hour blocked off for personal finance and admin yep. where I can do like pay my own bills, um, check in on things. If I need to transfer money to something, if I need to talk to an accountant or a lawyer, it's like my, and now I've gotten that blocked out down into the weekly schedule. Mm-hmm. And once you have that time blocked, if something else is like something that needs to do that, okay, we've talked about this before, but you can't delete it. You have to move it to another spot in the week. Yeah. Yep. So you still have that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's, that's beginning to get a little bit uh, to them. So we got, we've got my macro macro or internal, internal, internal. And then is that where we start to get to external is some of these things. Is so that where focus, we start to yeah outside of our own yep. selves? Exactly. So now we're into the, now we're into the, the more external stuff. Yep. And the way we can do that is kind of what you said in the last podcast is, um, offensive or defensive, mm, Yep. right? Yep. Which is defensive is like, how am I going to, um, make sure I own my time? Mm-hmm. Um, and the, um, or to another way is like to make sure, uh, that would be more of the, let me back up. Um, defense would be like not allow distractions in. Yep. So what am I going to do to make That's sure that that happens? Yeah. Yep. So whether yep. it's the apps on the phones that like turn your phone off at a certain time, the do not disturbs. Um, and then the offensive would be time blocking. You going and make sure you own your calendar, make sure that you're putting your priorities in place, make your schedules right and all of um, kind of that mm. um, Eisenhower matrix of understanding what's urgent and important. Those things have to get done now. Yep. What are things that are important? Um, um, important but not urgent. Those things need to get scheduled. Mm-hmm. What are the things that are um, urgent but not important? Those things that need to get delegated. And what are the things that are not important, not urgent? Those are the things that you should be avoiding at all costs. Mm. Uh, this is only a slight tangent, but I want to add it because we had done another episode of Hopper Talk where a crazy statistics. So I was always kind of looking out for them. And I had one, and one came uh, across my email, uh, email from um, the Flow Research Collective, which is Kotler's uh, company. Um, and so this is only sort of related, but it's, it's worth putting out, which is, uh, and this is just in an email they sent out. The real problem is not only massive, but it's everything everywhere all the time. The average knowledge worker is only productive for two, 2.3 hours a day. Every week they spend a day duplicating work that they did the week before they check their email 36 times an hour. They're interrupted 56 times a day. They waste 36 meeting, 36 hours in unnecessary meetings a month. And most devastating at all, the average knowledge work, worker gets a grand total of 11 minutes of focus per day. 11 minutes of focus per day. And that's okay, from the so American Institute of Stress. Here's the way that we're doing this internally at our business. We frame the week to make sure that we're not falling prey to that. Yeah. We have Mojo Mondays, Mm -hmm. which is where we come together as an organization. We talk about really high level things, um, events coming down the road, but really it's a, it's a chance to get together and, um, make sure we're establishing a really strong culture Mm -hmm. team Mojo. 
On Tuesdays, that's kind of our meeting day, and that's where we have team Tuesdays where you have your team meetings. Wednesday is Deep Work Wednesday, where at least one day of the week, you're not allowed to email, Slack, or have a meeting. You have to just do your work and focus. So we're not falling prey to that. At least Mm -hmm. one day a week, we're blocked out completely for you to just get into your deep work. So if it's 11 minutes a day, is that what it was? 11 minutes of focus a day. So we're allowing someone a full work day of that. Thursdays, we call Thorough Thursdays, a chance to again meet with your, make sure you're getting your weekly, we run on weekly stuff. And then Fridays, we call Freeform Fridays, Mm -hmm. Freedom Fridays. If you have your work done, you go do what you want to do. I love that. Anything you want to do. It can be a four-day work week if you want. Mm -hmm. And so we're trying to be incredibly intentional with that. Um, We have had a lot of discussion about Slack, email, text. um, And uh, the people that find that um, Slack is not a distraction are staying on it. Mm -hmm. And the people that do are off. Mm -hmm. We used to, everyone used to have to be on it. I am not on Slack anymore. I don't need another channel. Um, And it's also understood that if you send an email, you do not do not expect an immediate response. Yeah. I do not want my employees to be email monkeys. Mm-hmm. They're just like, that's not the job. Mm-hmm. I think email is the biggest distraction in the workplace. I think social media is the biggest distraction outside of the workplace. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I love that. Um, and kudos to you for, for that, because that is rare. And I will just, I'll just add my perspective as somebody who just I'm solo here doing my thing. One thing that is re- that is similar to that, that is also really powerful to do if you're in the position where you're like, um, I, this is what I do. I just do it on my own, whether I'm a freelancer, contractor, whatever it might be, I have my own business solo, I've maybe got a small team. But one really powerful technique is something called day batching. Day batching is looking at the various uh, roles or buckets in the business or whatever it might be. And saying, okay, on Tuesday, I'm going to wear that hat. So I'll just use myself as an example. My, my work weeks are um, typically are Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. The other two days, two days a week, I watch the boys, and then Sunday's a family day. And so the way it works for me, it's going to be different for everybody, but Tuesday and Friday are my client and coaching days. Calls, if I need to schedule a call, I'm working on a website, um, updating my own website, whatever, Tuesday and Friday. I know that that's when I have the, the days to do those. Thursday is podcast only day. And so I have, I, we, this, we're talking on a Thursday. Uh, I edit podcasts here. I organize, I schedule, I upload. I, all the things happen on Thursday for this and for the podcast I have with EC. And then on Saturday, it's building day. So it's, I, it's Saturday, which is really nice. Nobody wants to talk to me on Saturday. And so that's when I save all of my uh, project work for the things internally that I'm building. And so what that allows you to do, and what I imagine, and I'm curious, if it allows in the team context as well as it allows you to have a sense of where things happen or when things happen, when they come in. Okay. Ben just sent me that email. Okay. That's, I don't have to worry about that. Cause I know we're, I'm going to talk to him on Thursday. Cause that's whatever the Thursday day is. Right. And I don't know if exactly works, but for me, when I have stuff come in, when I'm or planning something for, for this podcast, for example, I never have to think about when I'm going to do it because I know it gets done on Thursday. Mm. And so if something comes in, like I don't, I don't live in a world of fire alarms and urgent things and things need to be answered right now. And oh my goodness, it's going to break. And I think what I love about you is you're making sure that the culture doesn't accidentally become one that it feels like 
we put out fires here because that's where things get dangerous. If you're not intentional with creating calm, it's going to default to yeah, chaos. Exactly. And so that's individually, that's team-based. You have to you have to put in constraints and parameters and systems and habits and structure so that you don't react to things that don't need to be reacted to right now. And so all of that to say, like, I think that's such a powerful way to start thinking about, well, what is like most, most people are Monday through Friday. Like, what is Monday? What do I focus on? And that doesn't mean that some things don't slip in. That doesn't mean like I ignore my email until whatever, or if a client reaches out, doesn't mean I just like, oh, I don't deal with you until Thursday. That's that or Friday. That's not what that means, but it does mean back to planning brain and acting brain. It means my planning brain has already made a decision. And on Monday or Tuesday, when I wake up, I just have to listen to planning brain because acting brain probably wants to spend all the time building stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> acting brain, I would, I yeah. would just come here and talk to you every day if I can, if there was yeah. any logic to it, right? Like that to me is the, those are easy. Those are fun. Those are, they're hard, but they're like, I would rather do that. And so planning brain says, okay, I see that you have your time for that, that you've got space for that. You can do that then. And, but today is you've got to go build that website that somebody's paid you to do, whatever, whatever the thing is. Right. And so starting to organize yourself around days so that you remove, because the, the thing I think that we all run into too often is, okay, I sit down. What am I going to do today? <laughs> I don't know. Let me look at my email. Look at my, my DMS. Oh, social media is interesting. Uh, and then we get to the end of the day and we're like, I don't know if I actually accomplished anything today. I don't know if I made any real inroads to that thing I said I wanted to get done in a year or that, that place, that, that lakeside property that I, did I make any progress yeah. towards that today? And most of the time, if we don't build in structure, if we don't build in discipline, if we don't build in constraints, we mostly just, we don't. We just spin our wheels. Yeah, and it's not, that's the big one right there. It's we're spinning our wheels. And it's not that we're not busy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's that we're not effective. Yep. We should never confuse busyness with effectiveness. What we have to do, that's my version of hell, mm -hmm. is working my ass off for something that ultimately doesn't matter. That's the worst thing you can possibly do. So what we need to do is figure out what's going to be the most impactful things for me to do and then not allow myself to be distracted. And the reason we got into that, and you read, we know this inherently, but um, the email thing, the reason that's such a distraction, I'm not saying don't read email, mm -hmm. but the switching cost from going to email to coming back to what you're doing, to going to email, to coming back to what you're doing, to rereading the same email that you've read before and saying, I'm going to do that later and coming back to it. That's not being productive. Mm -hmm. And people don't understand the 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 cost of switching tasks and that's why you're talking about giving yourself a full day is amazing yep. right other people like writers that's why they move to the mountains and yep. kind of type away with no distractions they get in total they just get there and they're completely batching it but what we want to do is allow yourself small windows to i'm not saying don't check email each yeah. day yep. but you could you're probably a lot more effective if instead of thinking about checking email for four minutes, allow yourself 4D minutes mm -hmm. to check email that's scheduled and intentional. It's not wrong to do something that doesn't move you forward, like email, like social media, yep. as long as it's done with intention. Yep. It's not wrong to sit on the couch and watch Gossip Girl with your wife, as long as you're doing it intentionally, and you're not doing it as a distraction. 
So what we want to do is make sure that if you're actually doing that because it's the most productive thing you should be doing <clears throat> and we, we got to get away from is this spinning wheel of activity, but we're not moving anywhere. Mm -hmm. Let's, 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 let's finalize this conversation on the thing that feels at least I think on the surface is to be the most distracting thing. The, the thing that pulls us out of focus the most, which is social media thoughts on how to use social media with that kind of intention that you're speaking of, or even, I would even throw email in there because we've, we've started to talk about it a little bit, but like I would these, put, these I things distraction are, and the most distracting thing, I don't think there is a most, mm -hmm. I think it's all of the things and it's good. The answer is going to be the same for all of these things because it's, um, if you work in an open work environment where you don't have even cubicles, yep. distractions are going to come in through any one of your five senses, mm -hmm. right? So it could be if a fire alarm goes off, that's massively distracting. Well, so is that's noise. Yep. And then if somebody, you hear a conversation going off, like, oh, I'm being pulled over there. Yep. Or again, if you all of a sudden a strobe light or the lights go out. That's really distracting. But so is a more subtle thing of just somebody walking by your desk. It's a distraction. So the answer to all of these things is the sense of, again, a skunk goes by, your smells, you're gonna be massively distracted, but it's always gonna come in through one of the senses. Yep. And the answer is gonna be to protect your environment. Mm -hmm. And whether that's recognizing that it's your phone which is the thing which speaks to so many of your senses. They figured that out. Yep. It's not just it buzzes, it beeps, it vibrates. touch even. It, yep. Like it's everything, right? Um, so whether it's your phone. If they make it start smelling, I'm throwing so it So what did you do to control your environment? Because you took massive measures to mm -hmm. control your environment. What did I, I literally built a small office in the woods. It's exact. That's controlling your environment to the nth degree. Yep. You have no distractions out there, particularly if you leave your phone somewhere else and you disconnect the internet, right? But that's what you, we need to do is put control our environment. It's why... Same thing with our health, right? Our, so I was just that yeah. <laughs> our 100 words of health yeah. starts, starts with, with that. create an environment that makes it easy to eat, sleep, move, think, and connect better. That's what it starts. It always starts with taking control of our environment, which by the way, we do have control over. Sometimes more than others, if you go to a place that has a very distracting workplace, you might not have as much as you want, but let's try to figure out how to gain more control. Mm -hmm. Is it headphones? Is it um, um, finding a corner facing a wall? Is it... Um, taking extra, I, I like think, whatever it is. Yeah. I think it's worth just pinpointing what is also an environment like you, for me, it's different for you. It's building a culture around. We don't distract each other. Right. We work together. That's the environment, of the but we don't we got, distract each other. We're not just like, Oh, I don't really want to do that thing. I'm going to go see what Heather's up to. Yeah. And just go shoot the shit. We don't. Yeah. You, we, even to the point where, so we purposely set up our we don't, if we're doing it right and we're not perfect and we don't, do, we, we, we're not, we do mess up on this. We shouldn't need to talk to each other except for a weekly meeting mm -hmm. because we should work on a weekly cadence. And at that weekly meeting, that's where we bring up all of our issues and anything urgent. We're, we're, we're really trying to weigh and measure. Is this really truly urgent or we just feel it's urgent? Can this truly wait till our Thursday meeting or not? Mm -hmm. And if we're doing this well, I shouldn't need to come to you at any point outside of that. 
And then we have our meeting. That meeting is very well structured with the agenda where we go over the issues list. We go over last week's to-do list. We go over uh, identify, discuss, and solve the problems. We're seeing are we tracking on our quarterly rocks. We put the whole thing together. And now, cool. See you next Thursday. Mm -hmm. Go do your stuff. Mm -hmm. As long as you're doing your daily stuff and getting your weekly to-dos turned into weekly to-dones and your quarterly rocks are on track. (laughs) Yep. Like we're good. Yep. Like that's the deal. I shouldn't need to come and go, hey, Patrick, what do you think about this? That's serving me. Man, is it not serving you? Yeah. It's the worst, not the worst thing. There's really bad things, like, but it's a bad thing. Yeah. Okay. Last question for real then, because I could literally talk about this for hours. Uh, what is, and you can answer this both for team, brand, business, and individual, what is the downstream effects of building a life, building a culture, building the habit of focus in your mind. What happens when you do that? What is downstream of those of of, of making that an, uh, important to you? You can manifest what it is you want, because that's what it is. Where focus now it should begin with intention, because if you focus on, or sorry, it should begin with awareness. Mm-hmm. Because you can focus really hard, but it's not the right things. And this is what we talk about all the time, is you end up climbing a ladder only to get to the top and realize it was leaning against the wrong wall. If you have awareness in the beginning, then all of that intentionality can lead to diligent, focused action. And then we end up where we want to. If we begin with the end in mind and you aren't distracted you have the framework to do the work, you manifest a life of fulfillment. Thank you again for tuning into the show. Thank you for helping Ben and I have a great 2022. We look forward to more of these conversations, connecting with more of you in the new year. So if you are not yet subscribed or you are not following the show, wherever you are listening or watching uh, watching this, please do have a fantastic start to your year. Ben and I will be back with a new episode of Chasing Excellence next week. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply.